the reason that I choose to be an entertainer is because it's so alluring and intriguing to me that it intertwines so much with life in itself. So as you learn who you are as an, as an artist, you simultaneously learn who you are as a person and art imitates life and it just keeps cycling back and forth. As you grow as a person, your craft will grow number one. And then I've also learned that life and the business, it's all full of paradoxes. You need to be open, but you also need to be somewhat guarded. You need to have a little bit of spontaneity and naivety, but you also need to be grounded. You know, and you have to to be a person that is, you can't get jaded, you cannot. You you have to be your true self, so you have to be open and, and be approachable. At the same time, you have to set boundaries for people. And the main things uh, I learned is that the universe doesn't owe you anything. You actually don't owe the universe anything. I think that that was my shortcoming because I wanted to help so much and do all the things I'm doing now with charity. But I was missing the big picture. I wasn't sewing into myself, so my reach was short and I used to think no I have to to do more but like Paulo Coelho said the author of The Alchemist all you have to do yeah a person's only obligation and I, I I've heard this before but now this is what I've learned most of all being in this industry a person's only obligation in the world in life in general is to recognize their own personal destiny once you do that and you commit to that wholeheartedly all the universe, though it doesn't owe you anything, it will conspire to make that happen. And in that process, you will help others and others will help you. Oh, you're killing me here. You're doing it already. I'm getting all oh, fired snap. up over here. <laughs> I'm getting all fired up. It's just, oh, no. That's what I learned, you know. My God. Good evening, folks, and welcome again to the Cinema After Dark podcast. My name is Max Cole, and I'm the host and the producer of this show and I'm broadcasting live here on the Mixler app and shout out to those listening to this broadcast live really appreciate you tuning in but we are broadcasting here from the entertainment capital of the world sunny Los Angeles California the sun is starting to set and that beautiful beautiful moonlight will soon be upon us but thanks again for listening to this broadcast here tonight I want to remind everyone listening that you can listen to all of the episodes of this show if you subscribe to our podcast and iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Now remember, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on this podcast, make sure you reach out to me via the contact link that is there on our website over at cinemaafterdark.com. Please make sure you have some skin in the game, though, prior to reaching out. And by skin in the game, you certainly need to have a few credits under your belt. We value that for credibility and, hell, we've got to have something to talk about. I also strongly encourage you to follow us on Twitter at Cinema After Dark for the latest show updates. Keep in mind, this is an information and discussion-based podcast. We do not censor ourselves, and we sure the hell do not censor our guests. There might be views and opinions expressed on the show that may not reflect the views and opinions of the host now we've got a fantastic guest it's somebody that has been on this program before and my gosh i'm so glad that she's here hanging out with us tonight her name is sierra foster and let me tell you a little bit about miss foster now sierra foster is a trained model actress athlete and activist she graduated from the highly regarded sanford meisner center and uh, she holds a ba multidisciplinary uh, social sciences degree in psychology ethnic studies and women and gender studies 
quite a handful right there. I'm going to talk about some of these things, too, when she comes on. Now, she's been working in you know, the film uh, and television industry as a uh, assigned talent. She uh, engages in public speaking and activism. Uh, additionally, this actress is kind of highly involved in a lot of charity work, specializing in nonprofit projects, development, and communications. My goodness. Now, Sierra is a devoted advocate of women's rights, human rights, ethnic and gender diversity and inclusion. Again, that's something that I look forward to talking about with her as well. She currently hosts her own uh, YouTube uh, show called Heroes and Humanity, which discusses pop culture, feminism, society, diversity, politics, and superheroes. She's a dedicated clean water ambassador. Her charity work includes work with the Artists for Peace and Justice, Water underground and children's international now sierra has done a lot of notable work in both film and television the exceptional model actress athlete is best known for her current role as one of the first female superheroines of color in the lead role of amanda key aka livewire we're going to talk about that too but let me bring her on this program here Miss Foster, my goodness, it is a pleasure to have you back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Hi, good <laughs> evening, Max. Thank you for having me. Oh, my God, it's good to have you here. And uh, my goodness, I tell you what, you've got one hell of a bio there, Miss. I had to shorten yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was listening to it, and I had like a out-of-body experience, and I was like, this person's going to be a handful. <laughs> I can feel it. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's a pleasure to have you back on the program, and shout out to everybody that's listening to this live out there. Remember, if you have a question here for Ms. Foster, feel free to plug that in the chat, and we'll make sure we get that over to her. But let's dive right in. We've got a lot to discuss, yeah. so I want to dive right in here and talk about your backstory, kind of give our listeners a little bit of context, those that aren't familiar would you mind sharing where you were born and raised and you know how you got started in this whole thing? So I was born in Sacramento, California, and I was an athlete. That's the short version. My dad was a dojo owner, and he was a sing pseudo master. Oh my. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I told you I was going to be a handful. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so I grew up in his in his uh, dojo, and then my my mom training martial arts, and then my mom she was very supportive of me pursuing athletics and also obviously education. Uh, a lot of who I am, I look back in hindsight, I was actually in college when I was about seven because I was going with her to classes. Wow. And so I think I took a liking to the ethnic studies and talking about cultures because that's what she was doing. And long story short, athletics brought me eventually to Southern California on a scholarship where shortly before completing my degree, I had an opportunity to go to Europe. I went to the Cannes Film Festival and I said, you know what? I can do this. And um, yeah. I would like to say the rest is history. It was a lot of hard work, but <laughs> I started pursuing my career thereafter. Right. I want to dive right in here. I know we've got a lot okay. uh, to discuss, and that's cool hearing about your backstory, but I don't want to focus on that too much because I know we discussed that during our first right. discussion. But is there anything about this industry that you've learned now since the last time we spoke that you'd like to share with our listeners? You shared quite a bit during that discussion, but. Oh, I know. Right. But, uh, I, was little, I, was a, I was a preacher then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would, I'd have to say that I've learned that there are life in general which for me personally, I will say this, the reason that I choose to be an entertainer is because it's so alluring and intriguing to me that 
it intertwines so much with life in itself. So as you learn who you are as an as an artist, you simultaneously learn who you are as a person. And art imitates life, and it just keeps cycling back and forth. So in that, I've learned a lot because I've simply gotten older. I've simply right. had different life experiences, and I believe my experiences as an individual, the difference between when I spoke to you last time and now, art and having went to to acting school just a couple years prior and I was just scratching the surfaces of who I was and to be even even think about being successful I had to like honor my truth and find my truth and and right. own it which can be hard because that's the good bad and the ugly and so I was actually learning a lot about myself through the art now I feel like I'm older mm-hmm. I'm learning about the art through myself if that makes sense oh yeah Absolutely. you know and it comes out in the characters i play and i feel confident and strong in them so it's just i've learned that you know as you grow as a person your craft will grow number one and then i've also learned that life and the business it's all full of paradoxes you need to be open but you also need to be somewhat guarded you need to have a little bit of spontaneity and naivety but you also need to be grounded right you know, and you have to to be a person that is you can't get jaded. You cannot. You you have to be your true self. So you have to be open and, and be approachable. At the same time, you have to set boundaries for people. And the main things uh, I learned is that the universe doesn't owe you anything. You actually don't owe the universe anything. I think that that was my shortcoming because I wanted to help so much and do all the things I'm doing now with charity. Right. But I was missing the big picture. I wasn't sewing into myself. So my reach was short. And I used to think, no, I have to, to do more. But like Paulo Coelho said, the author of The Alchemist, oh, yes, all yeah, you have to do, right. yeah, a person's only obligation. And I, I've, I've heard this before, but now this is what I've learned most of all being in this industry. A person's only obligation in the world, in life, in general, is to recognize their own personal destiny once you do that and you commit to that wholeheartedly all the universe though it doesn't owe you anything it will conspire to make that happen and in that process you will help others and others will help you oh you're killing me here you're doing it already i'm getting all fired up over here i'm getting all fired up it's just oh no that's what i learned you know know, yeah a lot of my answers are always you know it's about life because i think that's what being an artist is about so they tend not to be as linear with just the industry i think some folks are on a different wavelength or maybe just some folks know how to articulate that other wavelength and you are certainly there here miss my goodness this is Oh boy, folks, you know, you don't know what you got yourself into tonight. This might be uh, something here. Now, you talked about the three levels of focus. Yeah. What are they for you? Okay, let me get back on the soapbox. Hold on. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm getting my footing. No, really? Okay, so I'll keep it super, super simple. My three levels of focus are mental spiritual and physical and if we want to put it in order the spiritual for me has to be first because if your spirit and your energy is not right and i'm not even talking about in a religious sense i'm talking about just you know when you walk into the room what is your kinetic energy you know what are people picking up off you how do you feel about yourself what's the first thing you think of in the morning if your spirit is not right that physical is not going to be where it needs to be you know oh yes absolutely You can be, you know, somebody with, there's people who are literally in the hospital that have beautiful spiritual energy because they've made a choice in their mind to be the best they can be. So you got to get your spirit right, right? Get your spirit game up. So after you get your spirit game up, then you have to let that transfer into your mental and let those spiritual goals of who you aspire to be 
sink in and become habit. And then what they say about habit is once you do it enough, it becomes character, you know? And so you have to always keep your mind on what are my goals, you know? And I learned that knowing what your goals are and just keeping that mental game focused on that, it filters out a lot of stuff. And a lot of people might even think of it in the terms of the path of least resistance, right? Absolutely. So, I believe in that completely. Right. Sierra. So, yeah, I can't take credit for that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's Bruce Lee. Right. It's very true. So you got your spirit game up. Now we're going to go the path of least resistance, okay? So if it's not aligned with my goals, I don't have time for it. And if it is aligned with my goals, what's going to be the most effective path? And once you truly do that, you tend to communicate with people better. You can you love yourself better. You're better in business. You're better in friendships. You're just all around. Your mental game is better because you're thinking at an elevated level that filters out frankly, all the BS. And then the last thing is you got to eat right and you got to keep your physical game right so you can execute these things and look good doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta look good. That is the truth right there. My God. We might come back to this, this three levels here, because I think that this is applicable in so many different ways in life in general. But I want to talk about feminism. And I know that you are very much you know, involved with politics and women's rights. And I can hear you now. I can hear you. I can hear you. <laughs> I got you fired up here. Uh, I can hear I you now. I'm thinking I'm so that lady right now. I'm so that lady. Uh, but I know that's something that you feel very strongly about. So in your yeah. opinion, I guess, let's start with the definition of feminism, what it means to you, and kind of take it from there, you know, how that's you know been a major influence in your life, especially currently. Oh, thank you. Feminism in Webster's Dictionary is just the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of equality of the sexes. So just on that basis alone, I don't see why anyone, including myself as a woman, would not be a feminist because I also think that no matter what color you are or what age you are, you should be treated equal. And I will say I definitely, I will be the first to admit, and it's so funny why I sighed, because when you were saying all this and you're a feminist, I told myself <laughs> when I was in college, I was like, I will never be that lady, right. you know, and I, and I didn't want to be associated with it. I didn't want to be a feminist. I did. I had no interest in it. I thought that feminists were weird. And I was just like, those people, those, anytime you think those people, you're already thinking wrong, right? Because right. you mm-hmm. may not agree with someone. Mm-hmm. So this goes to show how immature I was. <laughs> And I just, I thought, so I thought what a lot of people thought, basically, that being a feminist meant that you were, you know, either (sighs) dismissing gender binaries or trying to challenge them. And for those who don't know, gender binaries are basically just believing in the genders being what they are. And and now it's so convoluted where people think, even if you, people think you should think that or you're not a feminist, you know, because we have a lot of LGBTQ activity and and, and things like that and more visibility. And so for me, I'm just like, hey, women need to be treated fair. That's all it is. It's really that simple. And it's so funny because I realized like it wasn't that deep. You know what I mean? But it is that important, you know? And I think that the reason I thought that way was because society, and I would be the first to say, the film industry and what we see in the media and our culture, it really puts feminism in a certain light where it's not appealing, you know, or where it does seem like you're trying to be a man. I don't believe that at all. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. I Mm -hmm. think that... I definitely, I don't believe that for a second. And so for me, I just, at its core, I became involved to this degree in feminism by the virtue of three things. 
my education because I've I ended up being a multidisciplinary uh, social science major. Originally, I was just going to be a psychology major, and by a turn of events, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. I turned into a multidisciplinary major mm, yeah. and I wasn't even as keen. It's so crazy because I'm so passionate and that's why the universe always works this way. I'm so passionate and so honored to have the role I have now and stand up for women. But back then, especially because I was an athlete and I was just doing my own thing, I didn't really care to be taking gender studies classes, but it was now right? part of my, I'm being honest, multidisciplinary major. Mm-hmm. And once I learned, I fell in love with it and I learned the true definition of what the male gut gaze was and, and about mm. the the vegetal test which is basically right. they take like getting right into film right and we're talking about feminism what's connected to the vegetal test was created by Alison Vetchel who is a cartoonist right. and she was inspired by a friend and also by Virginia Woolf writings and what it does is it actually takes every film that was ever made and it are just cinematic features I guess you can't do every film but mm. a lot of features that are well well known these aren't random films just a lot of well-known features and it sees is, if is are there two women in one scene together it analyzes that right. and if there are two women in the scene are they talking about a man right. you know mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. versions of this test because it still goes on today even tested in regards are they talking about a man but also are those women's names even mentioned and what they find is 50 percent of films out today the test right so mm-hmm. we don't have women in films not talking about a guy oftentimes fighting about a guy right. or in some super hyper sexualized situations so the good thing is that people probably will hear that and i encourage them to look it up and they may not believe it oh no and that's true not, right and but, but it's, you know what it's promising to me though because we just had wonder woman come out right right and mm-hmm. so it almost sounds like unheard of because things are starting to change yeah so i'm definitely not complaining but these are things that i learned about when i was you know pursuing higher education i had to really just have a real genuine moment with myself and say okay this is the information now you oh your signals person right because a lot of people sorry to cut you there your signal's starting to fade there a little bit oh how about now okay yeah you sound okay now yeah please, okay feel free to okay continue. good sorry. yeah how are we doing now? Yeah, we're good. We're good. It's, okay. You, you're just breaking up a little bit there. The internet gods didn't like the uh, the talk of feminism for some reason. Right. That's what I was like. I was like, they're at it again. No, I, they're <laughs> like, see, I can't say that because people are going to be like, we knew she was like that. No. <laughs> but yeah, please <laughs> continue. this lady. <laughs> but yeah, please continue. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, no. I was just saying that I basically, at that point, having the information, because we're all ignorant to something. I was ignorant. Now, being an enlightened, knowledgeable person, I had to make a choice. Am I going to just turn my back on the facts because I don't want to be stigmatized? You know, and that's just never been me. So it was my education and then it was my experiences. Oh, boy. Uh So it's easy when you are yourself. How do I say this? You know, I was in college and I was a, a, a prominent female athlete, you know, on championships teams. So I had probably different experiences and also just being that age i was not a woman in the workforce you see that i was saying right. i wasn't a woman living in a metropolitan city you know i really t- wasn't a grown woman yet to be honest right mm-hmm. so that so that's another thing as things have changed and evolved just for me on a personal level i've personally experienced things and i've opened my eyes to them and what will also happen when you have information and knowledge in any capacity when it comes to cultural gender you know, sexual issues, when you begin to be informed, you start to, the veil comes off 
right, about things that you accept as normal. Because we've all seen these films, Mm -hmm. but until I saw the test, I didn't see anything wrong with it, you know? And the last thing is being an artist and being in cinema and participating in it. I'm definitely like, oh, yeah, we got some work to do. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I do think a lot of that had to deal with the writing, too, and obviously the directors and the creators and the producers of these films. And also the... Well, there's so much. This is such a layered <laughs> discussion here. I uh, I completely agree with everything you said, and it's cool that uh, you are seeing it from a different lens now, and especially hearing from somebody who's in the industry, and you're able to obviously experience this stuff yourself through your own personal experiences on set, you know, just observing uh, oh, what's, yeah. what's happened um, and what's been happening. You know, this whole women in film movement is so important. I want to get your thoughts on it, because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, things are starting to change quite a bit here by the way i love the background sound it sounds like you're almost in a cafe i heard sirens before i love that the sounds of la is just fantastic i'm so yeah it's like i'm having a, a tea and it's just oh my i'm in downtown la so what am i gonna do <laughs> i love that that's so hopefully fantastic. people are getting that gritty you know feeling but we can still have good connections so oh yeah absolutely i want a chopper to pass by here because i want folks folks don't believe me they're always swarming overhead i tell people about it all the time but they don't believe that that happens all the time out here. So, so yeah, no lie, super funny. A plane just flew by when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so serious. So welcome oh, to LA, everyone. I'm happy I could do that for you guys. Yeah, I love that. But, uh, you know, women in film, let's talk about that a bit. You know, what that means for you now and how you're trying to cultivate change. I know you, something that you had mentioned about ethnic diversity and obviously the inclusion of women in films. What are your thoughts about ethnic diversity and the inclusion of women in films do you feel like the industry is improving because i know you mentioned it briefly but i really want to pick your brain on that a bit well i just feel that things are definitely getting better and i think that when we have these conversations it's important to start out with that and acknowledge people always say oh but you know acknowledge where we've been but we also have to acknowledge how far we've come so you know we we often hear that because if we don't it becomes a really negative conversation you know and it becomes dismissive and it, it doesn't benefit anyone to to not acknowledge how far we've come i personally yeah and i think that I don't know if people may be opposed to this, but even if you are, you certainly, if you have eyes, you would be inclined to acknowledge that this is <laughs> definitely the year and the era and the time of the female superheroine. Oh, and I'm yes. not talking about just in terms of playing an actual female superhero like myself. I mean, we just had Atomic Blonde come out 48 yep. hours ago. Yeah, 48 you hours know? ago. It's doing pretty good, too. Right. And we have all of these, uh, you know, the the alien franchise we have all mm-hmm. of the uh, one thing i'm super excited about a wrinkle in time mm-hmm. which is going to yeah. be um directed by ava duvernay yes. and is uh one of the first you know type of almost i feel like it's going to be a culturally and ethnically diverse but you know even very diverse twilight type of situation yeah you know? i can't uh, wait right we have the black you know it just it's really incredible but what I love even more so, even though I grew up in the action bane and I do a lot of action films and that's my jam. Right, yeah. <laughs> what I love is that we just had the highest opening all year of a live action comedy with Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett, know, right? Tiffany mm-hmm. Haddish, and uh, Virginia Hall's Girls Trip. Yeah, I was thinking about seeing you know? that, actually. I was thinking about checking that out, but it's so yeah. hard. There's a couple movies out that I want to see, but I actually did you like it? I actually have to say, I, you know what? 
I had reservations. I'll be honest. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't crazy reservations. I'll be clear about that. But I had some thoughts, had some reservations about it, and I went and I saw it with with a girlfriend of mine, and and she's a a cinematographer, and she's very she's from Houston, and she's very recognized and published, and she's very educated. And we saw it, and we almost fell out of our dang seats. <laughs> it was so funny, and what yeah. I was so proud of was the fact that it was made by women. Right, women were in it but also that it was good yeah. you know because mm-hmm. here's the thing we could have all these great female films but if they're not good which we have to take accountability and responsibility for then it's for not yep so true you know mm-hmm. they have to be good and i will be the first to say because you have to have an honest look in the mirror and you have to come to the table honest and people that are not positioned they're going to point out your flaws so you have to be willing to come to the table real and there have been films made in the past by people of color and and by women when we are able to make them and they've been subpar that's so true yeah you know right. and this film was like it literally was like a female hangover but beyond and it wasn't a quote-unquote black film yes there was beautiful culture in it to place during the essence fest they taped part of it live right i hate but that it was term, just by a, the way. right oh i know oh, you do God. i remember that from last time but oh. it was just a great film that's my point and i'll tell you i saw it in santa clarita and that was mostly a film um theater full of middle-aged to older caucasian people and they loved it yeah they were right. you know yelling at the screen i was like i was all for it it was right. so good good so I stuff definitely think things are moving but oh, I, I think it has to be from inception all the way to fruition so the actors need to come to to play ball the writers need to come and then we need to start getting in positions of power to not only create the art but to open the doors and be the people hiring the people that are going to do that oh absolutely you know what i mean and i definitely think that patty jenkins the director of wonder Mm -hmm. woman she is setting the bar and she is opening things up in a major way something happened that i also really loved a a fan commented on one of rihanna's pictures Mm -hmm. last month (laughs) and it was she was sitting at a i don't know if you heard the story she was was sitting at a fashion show with Lupita Nyong'o. And Rihanna was very Rihanna, so she was fabulous. And Lupita mm-hmm. Nyong'o was wearing like a schoolgirl, you know, attire type outfit. Mm, okay. And the fan said something to the effect of Rihanna looked like she was a woman who did heist and, and dated men and did cool action sequences. And then Lupita looked like she was the nerdy friend who, you know, <laughs> helped her sister and, and was book smart and did all the cyber stuff. And so Lupita goes and she writes Rihanna on Twitter. I lied to you not. She goes, I'm down if you are. Rihanna goes, let's do it, Pete. Avery DuVernay says, I'll direct it. Issa Rae of Insecure goes, and I'll write it. Oh, the fact man. that that can happen now. I love and that. Then I believe it was, I'm not sure, but I think it was Sony Pictures picked it up. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. That was unheard of at a point. You know what I mean? Right. So I just wanted to point that out. The fact that that can even happen. Yeah. And the fact that people know, studios know, that it's sellable. Yeah, exactly. Just the mere idea, people are excited. Hey, yeah. I'm excited. I'm talking about it in my interview. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. My God, that's fantastic. My gosh. Oh, yeah. I've heard I a little a, bit I about that. But, on everything, Max. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I need to tap into your pulse a little more than my goodness. That's fantastic uh, to say the least. By the way, shout out to everybody that's listening to this live. Appreciate you tuning in and those in the chat there. See some friendly faces there. Remember, if you have a question for Ms. Foster, feel free to ask it and we will certainly get that over to her. But shout out to everybody that is listening to this live. Appreciate you spending your Sunday evening here with us. It has been quite a treat thus far. We've got so much stuff to talk about here. One thing I want to talk about, too, is how we can kind of dismantle 
some of these gender and racial stereotypes. You mentioned both internally and externally, but I wonder your your opinion on that and how we can start to kind of dismantle them. Obviously, creating work is one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Anything else that comes to mind when you, because I think a lot of it's accountability too, and yes, uh, being vocal. Absolutely. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I just think that there's a lot of, um, you know, colloquialisms and, and, and a lot of things that for too long, stories of women and people of color have been told by people who aren't women and people of color, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that will start to see that dissipate once we start making our own content yeah, and, uh, and making sure it's of quality and being willing to say, you know what, if this isn't a quality as an artist, you know, obviously when you get to a certain level, this would be done, you know, but I'm willing to walk away from it as an artist, as a writer, as a director, you know, or taking a project as a person in power and saying, I'm willing to invest my time to, to rework this, to invest Mm -hmm. in this and make this better. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I truly try, everything is a process. Life in general is, you know, you're constantly learning everything you do and then you're bettering yourself. But I definitely think that you should be very vigilant as to not put things out that aren't going to serve you and the community that you reflect in the best light. Oh, that's so true. Right. And um, I think that what I'm excited about is that with these female characters, but even with uh, male characters, particularly male characters of color, oh, God. that, yeah, right? right. <laughs> that it's very important to me that a lot of the systemic issues that have been happening in ethnic black and brown communities are not are not encouraged and 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 so severely influenced by just like literally the inflammation of stereotypes right. in cinema of black men like there's another way to say it. like i can't even be politically correct because i don't think that people follow me because i fake the funk like i have to just be very <laughs> honest about it you know that's like, right you know two professors in indiana they did a study of 396 school children in the midwest and they that they did is for a year they analyzed what cartoons the children watched how long they watched them and the, the school children were primarily white and black and what they found is is that the longer the children watched television on um, these cartoons because of the type of characters that were in them the girls that were both black and white felt worse about themselves because they correlated wow. all of it to self-esteem right the young black boys felt worse about themselves wow but the white boys, young white boys, they tended to typically feel even better about themselves, more confident and more encouraged. And I don't think there's anything wrong with a child feeling like that. I just want all of the children to feel like that. Absolutely to that. And I don't, you know, and so I think that that's just an example of an actual study that was done that I thought that I thought was interesting. Right. But if that can happen to children, we have to remember those children become people. Those young boys become men. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, same can be said for the young girls and also the, the young girls, you know, that weren't minorities. Yeah. And and so I think that that is just important. And I and it's really quite simple. Classical conditioning is very real. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, bring it back uh, to the psych classes. Right, bring it this. back to that psych 101. That <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh, very real. Right. And so also in psychology, we learn about mirroring. Mm-hmm. So we talk about the first five years, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. a child will mirror what they see, whether it's good or bad, because they have no context of it. Right. They simply mirror behavior. And they tend to do it oftentimes. This is also what the study said. And mind you, these are not children that are in their first five primary psychiatric years of building and development. These are middle um, elementary school children, right? Yeah. Secondary schools. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that those children tended to have the lower self-esteem because the people that they saw, the women often were sidekicks, sensitive, more inclined to make irrational decisions. You know, the cartoon figures of color were often villains. Right. Mm-hmm. And and then the other God. stereotypes, right. And then the other heroes typically were stronger and white mm-hmm. and they were always right and they were confident. So that's just kind of an example. And we see that even with adults, right? Oh, absolutely. So how mm-hmm. many times in my cry for diversity and my hope is not for exclusively for black people. In fact, I would be very unsettled if that was to happen literally tomorrow because right. I don't see a lot of Asian people in cinema. Exactly. I don't see a lot of Indian yeah. people yep. in cinema. Yeah, it's, and if they are, it's always in a very stereotypical way. And I'm very tired of seeing Hispanic people played okay. as People who are not literate, people who are not intelligent, people who are stereotypically drug dealers. There are other roles (laughs) they can play. Preach on, miss. My God. So uh, all those things tend to happen to people, too, because, you know, we're all still developing. We change and grow every day. And so when you constantly just see yourself played out as a drug dealer and nothing else and always the bad guy, what does that do to your psyche? And furthermore, not only does it do something to your external internal psyche but as far as the external it changes the way other people think about you and the way you think about yourself and that's no good for anybody oh that's so true this is real talk now my god you're stealing my thunder. There's so much that I would want to say, but you're saying it. <laughs> I tell you what. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. Oh, jeez. This is real talk here. I yeah. tell you what. Uh, I'm fascinated by this. We could talk about this for hours, literally, because as a man of color who who also is, you know, obviously a filmmaker and a cinematographer. Gosh, I could go on and on for hours about some of the stuff that I have to deal with. Oh man. It's not just you know these these issues. Well, obviously, female issues are very important. You know, we've got our, you've got the gender issues, you've got the ethnic issues, but even men, sometimes I just see men in really weird roles too, as well. Right? Because I've seen so oh, many commercials totally. where I see men getting put down and things like that, and I'm like, I don't know if I like that. I don't, I don't like the representation of you know uh, men too yeah. in commercials sometimes too, as well. But black men, man, we don't get a good rap no matter what. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. So, and I also think too. I think that in our own community, sometimes there'll be a, a character and we'll, and then, you know, there will be the house talk, right? Like in, in the oh, house yep. and, and people will say things like, well, he's not real or he's not hood just because that person articulates a certain way. We have exactly. to stop doing that too. Well, I'm those it. ideas will never breathe because remember, if we don't support it and it doesn't create revenue, it's dead. Yep. And and then our children won't see those those things. They right. won't see those other options. But I truly do believe if, as more diversity starts to come to fruition, uh, studios will have to realize that there is revenue, you know, in investing in these type of characters because for far too long women and people of color have been projecting their stories onto other characters so when you see someone that authentically looks like you you know it's actually 
just uh, science. You feel right. better, yep. right? You, you actually feel good. Probably, you know, <laughs> you yep. probably get some type of endorphins going. It makes you feel good. I know I get jazzed when I see action movies, period. I think yeah, we all do. And, and I love comics. And I truly believe I don't necessarily take all the credit for being as well received as I have in my role. I just think that people, I mean, I hope people <laughs> like me enjoy me in the role, but I also feel people were ready to see something that looks like them oh absolutely and i'm so happy that it's something real you know yeah. my character is not half dressed and my character is a leader right. you know and my character has dreads right. which i actually love because for a long time i've even played roles being cast to be hispanic or people will say well you know you know you're not really black so to speak wow. and it's like oh no i'm very black and my mm -hmm. character has dreads and i'm the leader <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> let's talk I, about I, your I, character I, by the way let's let's give a, a formal introduction would you mind informing our listeners about your character miss amanda mckee, McKee. aka livewire <laughs> would you mind talking about that a bit because i uh i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here we got to give some context oh. here and this is fantastic so okay. uh, yeah would you mind giving a little so bit of in, uh yeah, context yeah in short i'm very blessed and i'm truly enjoying it I'm the time of my life doing it such an honor and it's also a culmination of what i believe and what this character stands for i play amanda mckee aka livewire for valiant comics valiant comics is the third largest comic book company in the world after marvel and dc as far as being prominent and they are the number one independent publisher in the world they've been around for My several God, decades yeah, now a couple decades yeah yeah several decades they have a, a cult following that's surely becoming a, a mainstream following and i have been cast in their live action series ninjak versus the valiant universe opposite michael rowe from the show's flash and arrow yeah, he plays deadshot in our series he plays ninjak the primary character and i am the only female superhero lead in the show and i get to work with a lot of amazing guys off camera right. but on camera i'm their leader and one of them is jason david frank the original oh, yes. power ranger bloodshot. john hennigan yeah bloodshot john hennigan plays eternal warrior mm -hmm. he's a wwe wrestler uh we have derek feller from oh, the yeah? show baby yep. daddy yeah who just landed a great gig with marvel so that's great yep we have yep. a really great yeah, great Great, Great cast. cast. And I play a strong African-American king character. And there's just been a lot of crazy, wonderful blessings that have happened, not only with myself, but also with the development of that character since I was revealed as that character last year at New York Comic Con in October. My God, you got to talk about that a bit because it's, everything <laughs> is badass about this, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you know, first of all, how did you land that role? So, okay, well, you, you know this and some people who maybe follow me exclusively know this, but I love comics. Yeah. With my dad being a martial artist and having an older brother and guy cousins, I we had superhero, we literally had action <laughs> action figure <laughs> tournaments. And it, there was brackets. It was real serious. Oh, I love that. I grew up on Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, nice. Marvel, Capcoms. I would stay up three in the morning to watch Sailor Moon. Oh, yes. I really oh, just my, my dug superheroes because, right? I really just dug superheroes and that genre, anime, mm. all that stuff because it gave you something to aspire to and it was very, it, it's something I just identified with. It was super positive, you Absolutely. know? And, and I loved action because of my dad and so that's how i got into a passion for that and then i got the actual 
role because it's produced by Bat in the Sun Productions, which is a company anybody who is into cosplay, oh, yeah. which is the dressing up as, as superheroes at these conventions like Comic Con, they know <laughs> Bat in the Sun. They basically popular. have a show. Yeah, it's wildly popular. They have a show called Superpower Beatdown, and they take only real stunt trained actors and actresses. You know, they've used Amy Johnson, who's like just insane right. she's like the, the, the craziest insane legit black belt ever mm-hmm. like she's amazing mm-hmm. and she's Scarlett Johansson stunt devil yeah, stunt for, devil, yeah. Uh, for, yeah, for Black Widow and yep. Avengers so let, that yep. gives you some perspective right yeah okay and they take those and they she played Harley Quinn and then they'll put her against like Domino you know right. or like another DC <laughs> character or something like that they'll put Spider-Man against like Darth Vader and they just intermix all these amazing characters and then they only use the best of special effects and right. each one of their episodes gets on average no lie go look it up tell them live wire sent you and i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, they, they uh they get seven million views per episode oh no my lie God. yeah so it was only, so yeah so it's only natural i mean there's articles the whole story but i ended up playing storm for them yeah. and i was referred and a year later i got the call to audition for this because valiant had came to them and they were trying to get on the table for that live action series right and and then some <laughs> i can't right. speak too much on that <laughs> but um i still had to audition i worked out and i trained like crazy but i landed the role oh so that, that's how i got it i remember when you announced that in oh god i've been following i've been really stalking your instagram too really keeping my eye out on your social media you know about that i just think it's so awesome it's really nice to have a woman of color in these particular type of roles. Because, you know, one thing, too, is, you know, young women, little girls out there can uh, aspire to, to see that as a possibility, too. So there's a lot of um, oh, yeah. responsibility that comes with that, too. Yeah, there is definitely. And I'm up for the challenge because, so it's awesome. um, you know, to who much is given, much is required. And I just feel, you know, like I'm going to do me regardless because i truly believe what i said to you before in quoting paulo Coelho, the alchemist about your only obligation is to recognize your personal destiny that's your only obligation but as i said prior in doing that it aligns with what the universe is going to demand of you that's so, so true. if i truly believe i'm here to stand up for diversity and that i'm awarded this blessing of being this huge iconic role of literally a groundbreaking of one of the first leading female heroines of color then yeah you have to rise to the occasion and i'm just simply proud of it and i i almost thank the character and the role and then the fans because something happened within me when i got the role and i was so received and interacting with them yeah i realized it's challenging to even articulate i realized what a privilege it is you know i had people writing me from brazil and i just did an instagram takeover from in nigeria and these are things (laughs) i never like i always wanted to be a superhero right but i never would have thought that the blessing would come like this and oftentimes that's the case and i truly truly i truly just don't take it for granted by the way we've got a question here from the chat by chris goodhall he wants to know Chris White says Hi, hello. Chris Goodhall and everybody else listening. Yeah, shout out to Chris. <laughs> shout out to all the others in the chat, Deborah, Lady MD, and gosh, we got some others listening yeah. that are hidden there. I appreciate you all tuning in. But he asks, how was it getting into the mindset of Livewire compared to prior roles you've played? It's a good question. Well, that's question. a good question. That is. You know, it's so crazy because you can tell even when I'm talking about it, I'm so passionate. 
I actually had to just relax because it was all there. Wow. I'm not saying that to sound cocky. What I'm saying is, is that there's a lot of preparation when you, you have to find the truth in every role. Mm-hmm. But if you're playing a killer and you don't kill people, that's <laughs> going to be a little more challenging. Right. But when you play someone who believes in justice and, and, and is, is, is believes in being confident and helping others and doing the right thing and rising to the occasion, well, it aligned with my own personal compass. So I feel like I was just literally, no pun intended, super lit all the time like you know I was just you know because I, I felt it just felt right you know and and, and it perhaps the, I hope that's not vague and, and let us know Chris Chris Goodhall like saying your whole name <laughs> if that answered your question or if you have any follow-up questions but to me it just felt right. right and so what I found was I'm so trained being that I graduated from the Meisner Center that I actually had to just relax into the work Mm-hmm. of who the character already is because there's so much of live wire in me i feel like right so right. hopefully cool. that answers your question chris <laughs> oh yeah it's a great great question and i uh, appreciate you asking sure listen thanks for answering that that is a uh <laughs> interesting how you were ready for the role the universe works that way i think which it's kind of a law of attraction too and when you're ready for something it's, it's interesting what you can manifest naturally uh, oh yeah but also when i went to work oh, go ahead. You know, but also by putting in the work but it, yeah. it sounds like this was something that was meant for you but with that i also want the readers uh, excuse me the listeners to know i feel i have to make the comment that i wouldn't and i was just remarking this to my friend when we went to go see the film yesterday i would not be able to play that role if the universe hadn't molded me and my experiences good and bad in between into the person I am now, I don't believe it would have attracted towards me. And I don't believe that I would have been at the point in my life to truly encompass and embody Livewire. Right. So I think mm-hmm. that things come, the, the strides you make in life in general, but particularly as an artist, and given that this is a cinematic platform, those roles, in my opinion, will start to come to you when you're ready for them as a person because art imitates life. Oh. And so when I said, okay, Mm -hmm. I am a feminist and I am going to own it. I am going to stand up for people, even though that might be taboo in my industry. I'm going to let people know I'm a diversity advocate. Well, then now you're one of the first black superheroes, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't so overly vocal about it Mm -hmm. prior, but it was just the choice I made in the universe that this is what I believe, period. Right, right. Mm. My God, we're going to switch gears here. I want to talk about some of the other stuff that you're doing real quickly here. I know okay. we're running out a little bit of time, but uh, we're going to keep it going here, folks. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in to this live. Keep what a it fa- going. Hell yeah, okay, what I'm a fantastic <laughs> discussion this I'm has been. I'm an unruly guest. I like that. I told we, you. We're yeah, get, we get a little feminist. unruly. Hey, you know what? We get a little a little uh, unruly on this uh, program, even folks in the chat. It's funny. Oh, my. But anyways, my uh, apocalyptic Thanksgiving is something that's, I believe, in post-production now. Yeah. And you yes. played... Nicole and that what was that experience like yeah my apocalyptic Thanksgiving is a film I think I completed a year and a half ago yes yeah and it is in post-production it should be just about finished and it's actually a true story it's actually based on a true story a real person yeah it's based on a oh gosh it's based on a wonderful wonderful young man named Jerry and he is autistic Mm. And I had the pleasure of meeting him and going to the, the the group home that he lives at and spending time with him and the other residents there. And 
it basically is just seeing things from his perspective and he loves the walking dead and he wow, loves zombies my favorite show. one of my and, favorites yeah and it talks about i swear i just get pulled into these type of things <laughs> you know <laughs> this genre of stuff and it talks about you know his authentic experience as a young man with autism and mm. seeing things through his vision and and also how he equates the the show which he loves so much into reality and how wow. he sees archetypes and sees people in a certain way oh, and, uh, it's just a really touching film and i play yeah. nicole who's the director of social services ah, for the man nice. that uh, watches him and i'm a very interesting person yeah how did you get that role <laughs> it's so crazy so i have mandarin and agents obviously but i'm always seeking out different challenges and i did the same thing initially not with that in the sun because they came to me but off of a referral i always have these hunches wow. to go to these auditions mm -hmm. just that i find myself and then wow. usually for not a lot of pay right, but right. i like the stories and i'm yep. intrigued and i wanted to challenge myself as, as an actor and i also feel like you got to put your time in so, so you might not make you're probably not going to make a million bucks i remember i had a somebody from william morris come to one of my acting classes very early on and say if you're in this to make money get out now <laughs> and i just wanted to do good work that's it Salute to answer to your question in short i just wanted to do good work and that's yep. how i got into it and even once i auditioned for it twice and even once i did i still had to write a letter regarding why i would be involved with a film about wow. autism because there's a lot of responsibility that comes within so i'll be doing some press for that and Fantastic. bring awareness to that when it comes out as well and i'm excited oh very cool on the run an action thriller oh so yeah. i did that with Kobe Powell. Yeah. yes i will play the lead character lead female character the love interest mm -hmm. i played opposite jacoby powell who's mm -hmm. a world champion mma fighter yeah and nothing is ever what it seems and it's just um it's a live action thriller basically yeah, and uh, it's 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 very oh yeah there's the best martial arts it's shot in a very gritty cool way there's yeah. um oh from that i became an ambassador to slingshots which are these cool uh, motorcycle cars have you seen them they have yeah. like three wheels yeah the three wheels yeah, yeah i see them on in la yeah. often too yeah. yeah so there's so la slingshots is part of the film and we have sick cars and we have cool yeah. fights and it's like what more <laughs> could you want <laughs> oh that's awesome that's sounds like a fun role that's yeah. like a pretty fun yeah, oh it's there. so fun wow. oh yeah when you're sitting there doing read-throughs and all of a sudden you hear a slingshot roll up but you didn't even know it's in the film and then the director says, okay, you need to go out and drive that. You need to learn how to do it in 20 minutes. We're filming. <laughs> Life of an actor. <laughs> oh, God. I tell you what, you've got so much stuff going on. You've got you know, a lot of post uh, projects and post, a lot of pro projects in uh, pre-production, too, as well. Did you want to mention anything else while I have you on air? Is there any other projects that you want to mention that that's, we should that's look so, up for? That's so tough. Okay, I'm not going to mention anything, which is like what <laughs> actors would probably never do. Right. I'm not going to mention anything, only because I don't want to leave anything out. Right. I will say Nothing that Livewire is slated to be an actual film. Yes. And I definitely, uh, Sunny Pictures picked it up. It was written by Eric Hessler, who is the arrival screenwriter who had a chance to meet. And what this film stands for, I would just be so honored to play Livewire in that film. So uh, uh, if you like me and you support me, please follow me. And you can keep up with all my progress on the show Ninjacket in the Valiant universe and mm -hmm. just the Valiant comics thereafter. And we have just a lot of... Uh, one other thing about Valiant, they have uh, literally such a diverse Rolodex of stories <laughs> yeah. that there's something for everyone. I can't even go into detail, but I encourage all of the listeners to go visit both them and Batman the Sun because I truly think that there's Batman the Sun is just good old entertainment, but Valiant 
you know, even if you're not in the comics per se, you'll probably be pleasantly surprised to find there's something for everyone there. That's so true. That's a yeah, great point. It's not a, it's not a pitch. I've just no, I've that's never the seen that with a with a company before. Yeah, I've yeah, never too. seen that. That's actually so they're so point. conscious. Right, right. That's so true. So so yeah. true. That has a lot to do with the owners. And it's, I'm I'm always I'm always amazed by companies that uh, diversify that well, uh, especially in their you know storytelling and. So with our audience that's so vast it's crazy that how, how many people they yeah. connect with i'm always blown but away they by come it. correct though you know yeah. what i mean like they it's, it goes back to what we were saying in the in the beginning of the conversation they have the best artists yep. they have the best writers yep. i mean come on they wrote the live wire the film featuring live wire harbinger and their new series release which shout out i had a, a variant cover and a, <laughs> a little some type of cameo in, in anyways case in point secret weapons their comic right. series they got the arrival screenwriter who See, wrote and he's, and he's oscar nominated for yep. writing amy adams character yep. so they got the best character to write about their female hero you know what right. i mean that's what it takes that's you know? so true so so true by the way folks if you've got any questions here Ms. Foster, feel free to plug those in as well we'll make sure we get that over there again shout out to everybody that is listening to this live here and i've got to do something here to you something that i do to all of my guests and Oh, no. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I really must do to you, especially because you've been so wonderful. But, oh, God, there's, there's a villain in me that has to do this. And, I'm so scared. What well, is it? It's something that I will give you an option to opt out of if you okay. want to opt out. I mean, it's... Dun, 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 dun. Would okay. you, do you Do you want to go through with this or... Well, I you can't. Well, now I've talked all this talk, so I have to walk the walk. I can't opt out now. <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you know what I mean? There'll yeah, be so be many people weak. that'll be mad at me. Yeah, yeah. I think you should dive right into this, but I'm going to give you a couple seconds just in case okay. you want to opt out here. And... Let's just do it. Let's just rip the bandaid off. All right. You want to go right? You want to go right in? All right. Well. Yes, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Now, see, this is the part of the show where I ask my guests to share a fun fact about themselves. All that for this, right? Just a fun oh fact. Oh, my gosh. God. Now, this fun fact has to be something, though, that people don't know about you. So it's got to be a fun fact. Those listening to this podcast have to find out something new about you. And I'm putting the spotlight on you. A oh fun fact. Something random. Okay. Fun fact in... When I was in high school, I became a region sectional finest for basketball. But one game away from that final game, we had a packed house. We went from having four fans in my high school to having 2,000. Oh and I my. was so excited. I was a captain of the team. Yes, people were even tailgating. There's hot dogs. It was lit. It was real. And so I ran out and my pants were on backwards the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, Every game after that on the road to the championship, people have their pants on backwards in solidarity with me. I don't know if that's really cool or terribly pathetic, but that is a fun fact that people might not know about me. Oh, my. That is a good fun fact, actually. It's cool that you were a baller, too, because I miss high school basketball. Like, we, we had like, such a great team, like, went to state championships and all kinds oh, of fun stuff. Like, it's the best. I, I love those days. Like, yeah. oh, my goodness. What position did you play? Were you guard forward? So, I was a center. You were a center. <laughs> I okay. got to the NCAA, and they were like, "You are a forward man," yeah, because yeah, the, it was a different a situation. <laughs> right, right. Good stuff. My goodness. Yeah. You have any oh brothers and sisters? I can't remember. My if you whole, said. I, I, yeah, I actually have a half brother and sister, but I didn't grow up with them. But even with having 
guy cousins and my older brother he played football i have to tell you i was always either going from practice or coming from practice and i was always tired oh yeah i was like i think about it now my schedule as an actor when i have to do appearances and stuff i feel like that's why it's like nothing that it's nothing nothing, but literally my entire life was one long practice until i was about 21 (laughs) years old i hear you i kid you not we practiced all the time and then you had study hall and weightlifting weightlifting it was a lot of lifting too a lot of extra remember those suicides did you guys have to run those all the time oh goodness i literally feel like it's one brutal. year it was it was a, a team that went to the state tournament yeah. i literally feel like that entire year was just reduced to a year of suicide <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's all we did i feel like we were always in trouble I feel like, oh you guys yep. are breathing again okay yep. suicide. suicides oh, that's, you know but it, it builds things. character and i don't think Absolutely. i'd have a tenacity to be in this industry had i not been an athlete yeah salute to that i mean the whole teamwork thing too of sports i i always think it's important for parents to get their children involved in sports i mean it's just so critical to Uh, development it's 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 literally so it's the best it's the best thing that that's why i that actually began me being an ambassador because i okay that's a whole nother story and i'm gonna believe this but literally I feel, I feel silly even saying this. I'm not trying to name drop, but I literally went oh, no, to the dinner and Susan Sarandon was like, you play basketball, don't you? I was like, yes, I do, Susan Sarandon. Oh. And it was for Arts for Peace and Justice, founded by Paul Haggis, nice. the director of Crash and yeah. Baby. And she goes, you should be the sports ambassador. And the rest what? of the history, and two years later, I was in Haiti playing softball with a bunch of kids because oh, wow. I was not going to not be the sports ambassador when Susan Sarandon told me I had to be. So, yeah, that's go. just, my God. It's crazy how that manifests again. See, that's, it, there's a reason you're good and passionate about things. You have to just go with them and not neglect your gifts. That's so true. By the way, you're involved in a lot of charity work. Would you mind talking about that briefly speaking? I know, and that's a handful in itself, but I really find that to be rather oh, admirable. You. And would you would you mind talking about that a little bit, some of the work that yeah, you do? Yeah, I can super super quick i am involved as i stated artists for peace and justice they specialize in work with haiti and the community and and particularly education at the justice academy there and so i've been a sponsor and an ambassador uh and that's been wonderful and i'm also involved with water underground i'm the official spokesperson and ambassador for that and it's just clean water for in other countries currently in mozambique africa and they also do a lot of community education regarding women's and feminine hygiene Mm. um because there's a lot of shame involving that in, in, in other cult- countries and cultures just because there's simply a lack of knowledge. Wow. So that is being destigmatized and they're making water wells there. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Feel free to visit Water Underground. Go to my social media. They're all over my social media. Feel free to donate $10. Provides clean water drinking for one child. Literally no lie for 20 years. Wow. No joke. It's my that God. easy. The last thing is Children's for International. I'm a sponsor there and an advocate for them. And I just recently became an ambassador to the World Fashion Parade. It's mm, Fashion right. for Sustainability. Mm-hmm powered by i believe it is i don't want to say the organization's wrong so okay, i'll just so we'll say it's, it's it's yeah it's fashion for sustainability and it yeah. takes place in september in new york at the plaza and there's going to be another one in dubai and you can buy your tickets online wow multifaceted miss you are quite a multifaceted individual that is for sure <laughs> and when i'm not doing that i'm just you know playing video games yeah. and reading comics see i was gonna ask you that i was gonna ask you what you do when you <laughs> You know, you're not uh, in motion there. Do you, you play a little game? And a little, what are you playing? You know, a little uh, you know, PS4, honestly, a little uh, Xbox. What are you into? I a couple games on the, uh, the phone. I spend a lot of my time with the people I love. 
Nice. So I just enjoy that, you know, yeah. that's, you know, and, and we watch shows and we, you know, just nice. go out and do stuff and live life. And really, I honestly, I love what I do. I trust me. I'm so glad things are taken off. I lie to you not, but <laughs> I love doing like regular people stuff. Right. It's the best. So, it's like the best to me. Oh, me too. I feel you on that. People like, yeah, what do you do? Max, I'm like, well, you know what? I kind of just like sit here and watch Netflix and just relax. You know, sometimes I'll watch a show or yeah, know, just literally. Hang out. Well, when you're passionate about it, you reach certain success, you really start to value the other things, and then you don't want to become obsessed. Yep. You know. Yep, it's so true. So My God. It's nice to turn off. It's the ultimate relaxation you can have. So sometimes there's an event, and it's not something to get people clean water, like it's just like a premiere. But I don't really need to be there. It's, I don't really go. <laughs> right. Right. I hear you. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no There's doubt. always going to be something to do, but you only have so much energy, spiritual, yeah. mental, and physical, you know, in a given 24 hours. Oh, it's so true. Uh, you think you could beat me at a two bounce? Or what pig? is two bounce? Or pig, you know? Oh, you don't know? A little, it's a little basketball game. Ball bounces twice. You got to shoot it from wherever that second oh. bounce is. Yeah. Listen, the athlete and the super enemy is like, I will beat you at anything anywhere. Oh, always. my. <laughs> well, I'm going to see about that. I might have to challenge you one of these days. We'll see about that. And I will have bragging rights. If I do win, by the way, I have to be careful though, because I did a show on BET at the BET Experience last month, and I played the hip hop gamer in Tekken, <laughs> and then he beat me, and I was shamed. <laughs> so, because I was talking a lot of mess, and then I got beat, and I was Hilarious. like, I was like, oh my god, this is recorded. Oh my. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna be humble. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do like a Kendrick Lamar and be humble. <laughs> um, and say, I do believe there's a strong possibility. Now I'm getting like a super political actor response that I will defeat you. <laughs> That's so turned into like Lord of the Rings, Voldemort. Like I will defeat you. I don't know what happened. <laughs> oh my. Competitive. That's very Harry Potter That's at a, the end. I like that. It's a, I like that competitive nature there. But folks, my gosh, out there that are listening, if you didn't have a chance to listen to this live, make sure you listen to the podcast version of this wonderful discussion it will be uploaded in a few days here we're trying to get those up a little more frequently so i always invite folks to listen live if you want to hear folks right away just come hang out with us and you know i appreciate the folks that are in the chat right now and those that are listening off-site there and all those wonderful questions that's for sure now sarah i always like to ask my guests if they have any advice that they would like to share with folks that might be listening to this right now maybe they need some encouragement maybe they don't have the resources maybe they don't even know where to start you know maybe they're mm -hmm. you know maybe a couple blocks away maybe they're a couple cities away maybe they are a couple continents away as we have some listeners right now that are in the uk and some other places is there any advice you'd give that individual or those individuals that might be listening right now well first i just want to take this opportunity to obviously thank you for having me but also to thank the listeners for tuning in I'll, especially if you are in the UK, because I'm sure there's a significant time difference oh, there. Yes. And I appreciate everyone that listens and takes time to give their energy and receive mine. So thank you for having me tonight to all of you. And I would just say that remember that every storm will pass. Everything happens for a reason. And a lot of times things are not happening to you, but they're happening for you. And if you trust that, you're not going to always know why something is happening, but to have the overarching belief that it will always be to your benefit, good, bad, or in between. And things that are not pertinent to your goals and what you want to do and how you want to live your life and to your peace, you simply have to discard them. And if they're troubling to you, whether it's somebody slandering you or doing something, literally treating you wrong, you might have every reason to to 
to feel some type of way or something, you know, somebody passed and just there's a gamut of things that happen in life. You simply have to keep your eyes on your goal. It doesn't mean don't be human, but don't allow any emotion or feeling and certainly energy from someone else to distract you from your purpose because your only obligation is to recognize your own personal destiny as they stated in the alchemist and once you do that the universe will take care of the rest and if you can't run then you gotta you gotta walk you can't walk you gotta crawl you know do your best at where you're at you don't have to worry about anything else. I'm not sitting here talking to you because I ever thought any of this was going to happen. Did I believe it? Did I manifest it? Absolutely. But the how and the why and when and the way that it happened, that was out of my control. I just had to simply move forward from where I was at. And that's what I continue to do. Even though I'm on the show, I continue to do that myself each day. Just keep moving forward. Oh, God. That is excellent advice right there. That, my goodness. I even needed to hear that one right there. I tell you what, you hit a few chords here with Max, my God. I hope so, I'm glad. Oh, absolutely. That is just excellent advice, folks. You hear that? I mean, I think this is the reason why we do this. It's in that spirit that I personally do the show and why I really enjoy having guests that come on and share their stories and that, you know, share some inspiration with others. I really appreciate, as she said, you all tuning in tonight, spending your time with us. That that is just awesome, uh, to say the least. And, you know, it's certainly... I'm appreciated, but God, we've got to bring you back here, Miss, for an update. Yeah, I love being on the show. I can't believe it's my second time. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. I I love having you on the show, but gosh, I guess it's time to uh, fade out here. What do you think? I think it's that time. My goodness. (laughs) Well, folks, we are going to fade out here, and that was Miss Sierra Foster. Make sure you check her out. We're going to have some closing remarks here, folks, in just a minute, so... Stay tuned. We'll probably wrap this up here a bit, but uh, make sure you check her out. By the way, before you leave, why don't you plug your social media accounts there? Okay. So real quick, my Instagram, which is which I'm very active on, is Sierra Foster Official. And I definitely talk to people on there. So feel free to leave me a comment. I'd love to meet you. My Twitter is Sierra Foster underscore. My Facebook fan page is Sierra Foster. And my website is SierraFoster.com. Fantastic. Well, it has been a pleasure again having you on the show here tonight. But let's wrap this up here. I, I'm getting hungry. What about you? I'm like, I'm I'm starving I'm here. so hungry. I'm always <laughs> hungry, by the way. <laughs> I hear you on that. Well, folks, thanks again for tuning in. That was Sierra Foster. Make sure you check her out. And on that note, we will be back with more after this break. And welcome back to the Cinema After Dark podcast here tonight. My God, what a great discussion that was. I want to thank our guest tonight, Miss Sierra Foster. Ooh, so much, so enlightening, so inspiring. I live for these guests. I, I love when guests come on and they, sh- they take it beyond the discussion of film. So much of our lives, I think, are beyond the camera. So I really appreciate her coming on and chatting it up. Most importantly, I think all of you for tuning in tonight. Obviously, those that are in the chat and those that are listening to this offsite, I really appreciate you all tuning in tonight. Obviously, you know, a show is not a show without 